at one point, I remember I was apologizing to her for some of the things and I, we were crying together. We were laughing together. It was just mm. this crazy thing. And she's like, mom, she's like, I can't even access that anger towards you here. Mm. It's just not here. And then she broke down and she was like, I have missed you so much. She's like, you were always my anchor. You were my anchor. I felt so lost without this connection with you for all these years, you know? And she's like, I just, you know, I've needed it. I've wanted it. And ever since then, it's like, I'm her home. Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip on this is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip on This. It's your host, Kat, and it is such a pleasure to have you all back here with me today and introduce you to my next guest. I'm with Joy Shaw. She is a psychedelic integration coach. She's a healer. She's a mom of three and just an all around terrific human being that I was so fortunate to meet actually at a psychedelic conference in Las Vegas last year called Meet Delic. No doubt when the universe wants two souls to meet, they quite literally place them right next to each other and somehow conversation got sparked and she started telling me just a little bit about her story and I was like, can I get your number? I would love to have you on the show. And here she is. Why I'm so excited to present this episode is that not only has she healed from psychedelics on her own, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, she's had a quite the journey. I don't even want to give it away, except I will say she had a brain aneurysm that she had to put herself back together after that. And I'll let her take you through the rest. But she also has used, particularly psilocybin, to put her relationship back together with her oldest daughter and also has tripped with her mom. They've done so much incredible family healing together. And again, it just shows the beautiful power of psychedelics when used correctly. And I guess correctly is not quite the right word, but you know, with, with your hearts open, with the right intentions, quantum healing can happen because this is a story of quantum healing, both physically, mentally, emotionally, but also with her family. And it's just inspiring. It's just another potential way for us to put relationships back together, especially if you're a parent or you and your parents, if you're listening to this, maybe are a little bit estranged, but you would like to have a a relationship again. You would like to put that back together again, that this is a potential at some point. So keep an open mind. And of course, we just talk about parenting in general. She works with a lot of uh, parents, expecting parents, you know, parents that already have kids, uh, mothers, she was a midwife. So really, this is a great episode for healing, family healing, and just again, hearing about the beautiful power of psychedelics and how they're impacting on, on an individual self, just so much impact, right? They're, they're affecting our lives individually. But then as we talk about with Joy on this episode, how that actually then transfers to our kids and the next generation and the next generation. And this is how we heal. This is how the world changes. And so I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you all do too. 
few things. As always, if you're not following me on socials, please do so. I'll put all the information in the copy of this episode. And of course, if you are inspired by this episode and you're like, hmm, maybe send it to a parent or your kids and just uh, put it out there and see how see how they feel about it. So that is all from me. I can't wait to present this next episode with my guest, Joy Shaw. Joy, thank you so much for being here. It is such a pleasure to see you again and have you on the show. Welcome to Trip on This. Thank you. So I... The, when we met at Meet Delic, uh, spoiler alert, everyone, we actually met at a psychedelic <laughs> conference. We happened to be just be standing next to each other and started talking. And Joy started telling me just a little bit about her story, her own healing journey, and her story with um, healing with, through psychedelics with her mother and her daughter. And I just knew, I was like, I not only personally can't wait to hear this story, but for everybody else to embark on this journey with you. So why don't we start with your own healing journey? Let's start from the beginning. How did this all begin? The healing journey or the psychedelic healing journey? Well, let's, let's start with healing if it's first and just kind of go when psychedelics Perfect. start merging in. Just, mm-hmm. let's just Let's just go on a flow right now. You just talk and I might just like interject and ask you questions. I just want to hear from you. Okay, Perfect. I, it's so actually, it's so interesting on the full moon on Monday, it will be my 12 year anniversary of my stroke that I had 12. So 12 years ago, I had a stroke from a brain aneurysm and I'm actually going to be doing this beautiful full moon gathering with these lovely women who are all really powerhouses, um, but all really working to like be aligned and, and conscious about how we show up in the world. And we're sort of getting together and sort of intentionally doing that with the first full moon of the year, which happens to coincide with my stroke anniversary. Mm. And it, for years leading up to this, like for the month leading up to this, I would have all this weird, like somatic PTSD stuff that would come up and I was always like, what is going on? What is going on? Why am I struggling so much? And then I would get to that anniversary. I realized that it was almost like my body was remembering it. My Mm -hmm. nervous system was remembering it. And I got to this point one year, and this was around the time that I started embarking on these psychedelics where I was like, I am so tired of reliving this, like the same journey of stress and trauma, PTSD over and over and over again. I have got to figure out how to clear this out of my system. Because I've been working through healing, um, you know, I'd always, be, I've always been one of those people, like we talked earlier about being Scorpios before we start being yeah. a Scorpio, being a Pisces. It's like we have, I feel like we maybe have a lot of shadow, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot, and, and we tend to like want to get, ooh, let's get really deep and complex into things. I've always been that type of person, but I also am stubborn and, and I'm driven and, you know, all those things. And so, I had this stroke and it just, I had been sort of stumbling through my life. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like the universe just was like, hit me short and took everything away from me. Um, And I'm lying there in critical care. You know, uh, the stroke story itself is pretty hilarious, but that could take forever. So I'm not going to go into (laughs) detail. It did happen while I was having sex, which is what makes it. Oh, shit. Really? Yes. Oh my God. I had like, I had a, this 
is orgasm. If my mother's watching this at some point, she's going to die because she was like, please stop telling that story. When oh, I I'm so glad you didn't stop now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not thrilled that you had a stroke, but you, wait, you had an orgasm, then you had a stroke? Yes. Holy yes. shit. You know, I, know, I, there's some, yeah. I feel like there's some meaning to that though. <laughs> there, there is something there. Yeah, that was like, wow, that was too much energy, you know? (laughs) That kundalini awakening quite literally just blew a circuit. Exactly. (laughs) My body was like, cannot handle it. But you're going to stick around and figure out how to, you know? Mm -hmm. Which did I did have a near-death experience. And there was a moment in there where I was like, I was leaving this earth planet and I was leaving the planet and I didn't want to be here anymore because I realized like my life is so exhausting and I sort of feel like I haven't been able to figure it out. But then I looked back and I saw these three little girls, like in my mind's eye, holding hands, my daughters. And I was like, I can't leave them. Yeah. I can't, their story can't be growing up without a mom. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. and there was this moment of like, really like just feeling this call to leave and this peace. And, and in that moment, it was like any, my, my faith journey, because I actually grew up as a child of missionaries. Mm. I had spent time, actually, I went to Bible school. I had a very interesting sort of spiritual journey. And I left all of that in my early 20s. And it started going on this other, like, well, who am I? What do I really believe kind of thing? Yeah. And in that moment of almost leaving the planet, I was like, oh, that's a really beautiful place that I'm going. I don't really understand why I know that, but it feels so peaceful Mm -hmm. and so light. And I want to go there. It's going to be relief. I just felt this pull. And then this weight, when I turned around and I was like, I'm going to stay. Yeah. You you were anchored still anchored by your daughters. I was anchored by that. And they have been, I mean, they've been my anchor in so many beautiful ways through my life. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to stay, I have got to leave this world a better place. Yeah. You know, like if I'm going to be here, when I do leave it, I want to have done my part to make it a better place. And yeah. I've got to figure out what that looks like. So my journey of healing was putting myself back together again, you know, trying to figure out how to be a better mom and a better human. And I didn't want to be met when I finally recovered and got out of the hospital. It was like, I don't, what do I do to help take care of myself, but also take care of other people. Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to be medicated. You know, I'm, I'm, I I was just like, I just believe that there has to be a way to bring my body back into a place of balance where it works as it was meant to, as it was designed to, Mm -hmm. you know, and doctors were like, well, you should just be really thankful that you survived because 50% of people die within the first, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And um, when you have a stroke or brain aneurysm and within those like group of people that survive only about 20% survive without permanent neurological physiological defects. So I'm in this small percentage of miracle people and they were like, just take the medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to. So it took me years of figuring out how to be healthy and whole. And I really focused on like the nutrition and the lifestyle and, you know, all those things. And then I got to this point and I got to this point when I was working with clients eventually in the same sort of way where I was like, it doesn't really matter how perfect I'm eating. It's like, I get there. I'm making progress incrementally. It's mm-hmm. better. I'm off the medication. And, but as long as like the way I talk to myself is really shitty, right. you know, in my head. And I don't, 
I, I'm not kind to myself and I'm not nurturing myself and I'm not healed psychologically. Mm-hmm. Then you start studying epigenetics and you start realizing like, oh, our genetics is really affected by our psychology and our emotions. And so it was like this digging deeper, 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 realizing that like, and very much like Louise Hay, who wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life, there are beliefs and emotions that can lead to illness and disease. Mm-hmm. And we're these whole sort of complex energetic beings. And so that journey of healing myself physically and then emotionally and then psychologically and energetically. And then I get back to this point where I'm like, I'm tired of reliving this stroke story yeah. leading up to my anniversary every year. So I went and did ayahuasca, which is funny when you get called into plant medicine. And this is, you know, this, we talk yeah. about this a lot in the, in the plant medicine psychedelic circles where it's like, there's a call yeah, almost. Yeah. You feel She's it. Calling. And then she's calling. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to ayahuasca. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I've never felt the need to just like lose control and possibly vomit and maybe shit myself, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? But then all of these pieces came into place and it became really apparent that like I was supposed to go do that. And it when became was so that? easy. When was that? This was in uh, fall of. It was like over three years ago. So okay. three and a half years ago, probably. Okay. Um, it was in August. Yeah, I think it was in August of 2018, mm-hmm. maybe? 2019. Um, but yeah, so I ended up, I was like, okay, you know, I got my puke bucket. I remember taking a picture and posting it and being like, all right, I'm going to go do this thing. Yeah. Get my puke bucket. I'm going to go do this <laughs> thing with the shaman. And, um, and I, and I went there and I also, at this point I had done a lot of therapy, you know, EMDR, talk therapy, intensives. I'd worked with a shaman at one point. I worked with a lot of different modalities of energy healing and things like that. And I had, I felt like I had unpacked everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt like I was on a pretty good path with it. So when I went to go do uh, ayahuasca, it wasn't, it was like, well, show me if there's anything I've missed right? That I haven't really looked at, but also I really want to ask some questions about the universe. Yeah. That's what I went with. So I was like, I have some questions, universe. (laughs) Yeah. You're like grill it. You're going to grill the universe. Like it's like a job interview, but like for the universe, you're like, okay, are you ready? I was, I was like, there's some bullshit here. I actually know what it's all for. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I know. So I go to this, you know, where we are with this group of people and, you know, and it's my first time. And, and the shaman was doing this, you know, he was like, I'm going to check in with my guidance system and dosing as a thing. And I was like, you know what? I am the type of person that jumps headfirst into things and I'm going to go straight to the deep end. You know, like I didn't come here to play. Yeah. So I was like, give me the highest dose that I can take as a newbie and everything. And he was like, yeah. I think you can handle it. I was like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) All right. And so I I did, and I took that dose. And I remember sitting there, you know, everybody's breathing in this room and the sun is going down Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the music is happening and like the drumming and the singing, the Icaros. And then Mm -hmm. I was just like, uh, I remember sitting there and I hear a couple people vomiting Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh boy. It starts. it starts it starts and then i watch reality around me become this crazy like matrix like thing and i was like well if i have to pee what am i gonna do 
like, how am I going to get up and walk to the bathroom? I don't even recognize reality right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, I can't believe I just put all this time and energy into just tripping. You know, like, I'm just going to trip. I'm going to have this crazy experience of like reality disappearing around me. I ended up getting a wash of nausea that I found my way through and then it passed. I never vomited. I never purged. Um, I did a very, very intensive um, dieta. Uh, dieta two weeks leading up to it because of my health history. I, there are a lot more risks. There are, you know, there are contraindications for certain types of plant medicine and mm-hmm. hypertensive syndrome is something that can happen because of the DMT. And so that's in there. And so I really had to kind of prepare my body for it. Um, and thankfully it did beautifully, yeah. but then I just went away for five hours, you know, like I laid down and I journeyed and I did, I went to this collective consciousness space and they, and it was like, they were like, what do you need to know? Oh, and really? I was like, so yes. your intention came true. It oh my God. Did. That's amazing. Usually it's it kind of like you said it and then it just takes you on the ride, but it sounds yes. like it was like, okay, no, we heard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Welcome. so I did. I just got download after download after download. Like what I needed to know, what I needed to know for my life, what I need to know about the universe that I needed to know to in order to do what I need to do here. Mm-hmm. And at one point they said to me, Well, Joy, that's because you're a people mechanic. A people mechanic. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I like I put them back that. together. Yeah. Were you already on the, you were on your healing journey already, right? You were healing others? Yeah. I was already working as a health coach and working with people having, giving birth and hormones and their neurological wiring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm like a technician or a mechanic. And the other beautiful thing about that is it takes all the ego out. Yeah. You know? Like that's a blue collar job. That's yeah, yeah, just yeah. like a, you pull up the hood and you just, you know, this idea too of, um, of a vehicle, which we inhabit. So, so that was this thing that um, I was just like, all right, I'm a vehicle. I live in a vehicle. I have to caretake this vehicle because I'm so great. And suddenly I became so grateful for the body I lived in. So when I came out of this journey, I felt just euphoric. I felt grateful. I felt amazing. I was like, I never need to do psychedelics again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. fine. I'm good. I got everything I needed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Had no idea. That was just like the beginning of the journey. It was just like the gentle way of, I feel like ayahuasca sometimes because she was gentle with me too. Cause I think she yeah. wants it instead of just like, if she wants us on the journey, she's like, I better hold, pull it back a little bit. We just, <laughs> just pull it back. I'm going <laughs> to come on in. Like it ain't that yeah. bad. <laughs> Uh, you can it's fine. This is fine. You could just ask me bite. questions. Yeah. <laughs> and I answer them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, since then I've been annihilated repeatedly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, just like dismantled it. But it's so necessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because we build our we the building blocks of how we put ourselves together. Are, it's largely a flawed structure. And we're mm. living trying to figure out like why can I not figure life out. And it's because we're trying to figure life out through this broken sort of ramshackle, hobnobbled kind of being that we are Mm -hmm. from our subconscious beliefs and all those things. And so you have to, uh, you have to be willing to dismantle so that you can build something solid. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's why that journey 
of working with plant. If I was going to summarize it, like that's what it teaches you. Wow. That's incredible. And so, and how did that then, so did that ayahuasca journey then become a real big shift for you in your own healing work and how you show up for people and, and where did psilocybin come in this journey for you? Well, it's funny. So I had a client um, who was a drummer, uh, played for like a Pink Floyd cover band. I think he played with Willie Nelson some. And he was the first one who brought me mushrooms years back because he was like, what do you mean you've never tried mushrooms before? You know, next time I have some, I'll bring them to you. So I'd had a little experience with mushrooms before I went and did ayahuasca, but Mm -hmm. nothing huge, just more like I remember this is how nerdy I am about everything I do. The first time I did mushrooms, I did a bunch of reading about like how it could affect you. It could make you sick. So I juiced all day. You know, I planned it. I called a friend and I was like, hey, if I'm under my table, like huddled up and cowering and I call you later, this is why. Um, But I'm just going to do this on my own, you know. And so I did the mushrooms and like the tea and I was my juice. And then I just, I I like journaled it. I was like, our such and such, this is what's happening. You know, did you the whole time? The whole time. Oh my God. (laughs) You really, you really, you really love to like job interview. Just like, it's either like notes or like questions for (laughs) psychedelic experiences. Next time you come to ayahuasca with like a notepad, you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm studying this. I just want to know. Yeah. 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 But it was great because after that, I was like, okay, I kind of get how it works. Like, this is where I get cold and this is where I feel this way. And this is when I feel this way. And so, and so it took the fear out for me. Like for me, understanding removes Mm -hmm. fear. I always tell people like fear, just, you know, unanswered questions. For sure. And, uh, and that was also before I realized I had a lot of fear that was controlling my life. You know, that was early on in my journey. So I did, uh, so then so after I got back from ayahuasca, I had more mushrooms. And I remember in like the weeks after that, I would lay on my trampoline in the backyard and talk to the trees, like on like a grant or I'd paint a picture, you know, and I started really just finding this place in myself because I had this newfound gratitude. And I think this was one of the key pieces of my healing journey. I just realizing as I'm saying this is I didn't like being alive, mm. I, I can't tell you how many times after I had my stroke and I dealt with some dark, dark, dark depression in those years of recovery where the only reason I got out of bed was because of my kids, you know, yeah. and I was like, one day I'll get out of bed because I want to live my own life. But for now I'm getting out of bed for them. and I'm going through every day for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was like, and there were so many times where I would reach like heartbreak or different challenging moments. And I was like, why did I stay? Why did I stay on this godforsaken planet? I hate it. You know, and I just, mm-hmm. I hate my life. I hate myself. There was this part of me that was like that as much as I was healing, I was still really struggling with that. Yeah. Ayahuasca was like, life is this beautiful gift. You get to be here. And I saw it completely differently. So mushrooms started to help me kind of find this like joy and this reconnect with nature. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm such a creature of nature. I just want to be barefoot outside, naked in the sun. If I could, I'm planting, digging in the dirt, you know, and plants are how I live and heal. So I felt like I was like, oh, I'm like a fairy. And I kind of, <laughs> and I went, and I saw this Akashic Records reader and he was like, oh, that's because you're fae. And I was like, oh. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. I was like, I'll go with that. But yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, st- I started learning about things like, oh, a hero's dose. 
well, that's like a higher dose of mushrooms. And, you know, I started reading up and then researching like the John Hopkins protocol and mm-hmm. um, really diving into shamanic traditions. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like usually reading 10 to 12 books at a time. Yeah. So like a little bit of a manic autodidact. So I started consuming information and I was like, all right, I think I want to try this thing. And around the same time, the universe brought along somebody who he uh, was growing. Mm-hmm. He's a big, he's a veteran. It was a big part of his own healing journey. And he started providing me with just like a steady supply. Amazing. And so at the same time, I was in a relationship, COVID hit, and we moved in together, which was an interesting journey. Mm-hmm but I wasn't able to work as much. And so I was able to make my journey of healing my full-time job other than like being a parent, helping him with his kids, helping him with his businesses. But I couldn't do a lot of the work that I did except for like the occasional Zoom call. Yeah. And so I had these wide open spaces and I started to see all the ways that I was still really wounded from my own crisis and my own journey. And I was like, all right, let's dive into my fear. Let's dive into my anger. And I was like, let's go. And people were like, oh, if you're feeling stressed out, whatever, you shouldn't do psychedelics. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go into the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to like, I am going to walk into the dark and I'm not coming back until I come back with something useful. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. <laughs> and it was around this time I saw how powerful it was for me. My oldest daughter and I, because, you know, we, I was telling you this, she, um, she was nine when I had the stroke. So she remembered it the most. And she, and I remember her saying to me one time when she was a teenager, when she was like 15 or 16, and that's when we really struggled. We were close. And I just, I wasn't the, I wasn't the ways that I worked with her as a mom weren't what she needed. Yeah. Um, And she, uh, you know, like I was always like, Oh, here's some solutions. And she's such a feeler. She's like, I just want you to nurture my emotions, you know? And I was like, well, here's some supplements and here's some tea and here's some practical advice. Right. (laughs) Right. And she was like, I just want you to care about my feelings. So she started really struggling as a teenager. I didn't know how to show up for her. And also I was so on this journey of like healing and figuring myself out that I was kind of not aware of her enough and what Mm. she needed. It's crazy. Like as a parent trying to be a human and trying to be a parent at the same time, we realize how very selfish we are, Yeah, you know? And I, and I didn't see a lot of those things about myself until I started to do my own healing journey. And so I said to her, you know, and then I realized like, Oh, you know, I fucked up. I was in dysfunctional relationships with men. I, made choices. I was dealing with neurological healing stuff that made like Mm. I had poor impulse control. I had difficulty regulating my moods a lot of times, you know, a lot of the way I help people with their brain and their wiring, because I had to work through all that on my own. But you think about growing up with a mom going through that, Yeah, that was just difficult for Mm -hmm. her. And she was, and I didn't see it. Yeah. Until until she was a teenager. I remember one time she was like, I lost my mom with the stroke. You've never been the same. You know, and that broke my heart. I couldn't do anything about it. But I really, I remember I was just like, okay, well, I'm so sorry. I know I've made mistakes. I'm working to heal these things. Please give me another chance. And she's like, it's going to take me years to forgive you, you know? And she was in therapy and everything. And I said, hey, honey, I said, let's not waste years. Yeah. I was like, would you? Would you do mushrooms with me? Yeah. I knew that she'd already done like Molly and mushrooms and stuff all yeah. through high school. 
they become 18 and then they're like, by the way, yeah. here's what I was doing. <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> I think I did that to my parents too. I think I, well, maybe I waited a little longer, but yeah, once I just like, well, it's past now. Now I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I tell people raising parents is a lesson in non-reactivity. It's like, if you want them to keep talking to you, keep it. Don't let them see that you're feel on the inside. You're like, oh my God. But yeah. on the outside, you're like, really interesting. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Well, how was that ah. experience for you, honey? Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like, oh my God. So had yeah. she, so she had already done mushrooms when you suggested let's do mushrooms together. Yeah. And she's like, I don't think I feel safe enough with you to do mushrooms and be in that environment that's vulnerable. But then a week later, she called me back and she's like, do you still want to do mushrooms together? And I was like, yes. So I set up this day, you know, like nothing, nobody was around. It was just us in the house. And she came over and made us tea. And like, I had a playlist I put together and we might've done, I don't know, maybe two grams, one and a half to two grams, probably over. Cause over two grams and um that's solid that's like you're, yeah. you're tripping you know yeah. but you're, you're we, in we your went. mind but like you're still you're present but like you're, you're definitely present, but you're going somewhere you're going you go somewhere yeah. yeah and I had this feeling and this was the craziest thing and this is and we still have this dynamic that I could take her to the same landscape that I go to I just felt like I could and I felt like if I could get her there, we would finally see each other and understand each other. Yeah. And so we did some yoga, we meditated, we were breathing as it was starting to kind of come on and um, laying there. And we had this journey and she, and she was, she had never had the kind of trip where she closed her eyes. Oh, okay. You know, and she and did she was fun like, trips with friends. Yeah, she'd done things. fun trips, but yeah. she'd never been like, I've never gone anywhere and I've never seen, really seen anything. So I was like, Hey, I want to, I'm going to ask you just different. I want you to close your eyes. So we're laying next to each other. We've got like all blankets. It's totally this cozy little nest. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Oh my God. Like I've never seen all the patterns and the, you know, like all the yeah. colors. And I was like, see, I was like, okay. And I, I talk about that being like the membrane. I feel like that's like the membrane before you, before you can kind of catapult into another dimension or whatever. Yeah, and yeah whatever language anybody wants to use. And I was like, all right, she's seeing the membrane. We're going to go somewhere. And so I just started kind of talking to her and guiding her and leading her. And we went through like, ah, we visited, like we understood like our ancestry. Um, I'm a quarter Japanese and my grandmother was this Japanese war bride. And there's like this ferocious kind of strong female energy. And my mom has that. And, you know, it was like, we understood our lineage together we remembered past lives together, which is wow. really interesting. Wait, wait. So you were and in she, the same experience, like yes, understanding, we were, like telepathically, were you talking? It was, well, we were speaking out loud, but sometimes, you know, she would see something and it would be in the same landscape that I was looking at. Whoa. But then it would tap into her memory of being like, well, sometimes I was your mom. You know, and it was like, no. and then we could sort of like riff off of each other weirdly. And at one point I remember I was apologizing to her for some of the things and I, we were crying together. We were laughing together. It was just mm -hmm. this crazy thing. And she's like, mom, she's like, I can't even access that anger towards you here. Mm. It's just not here. And then she broke down and she was like, I have missed you so much. 
She's like, you were always my anchor. You were my anchor. I felt so lost without this connection with you for all these years, you know? And she's like, I just, you know, I've needed it. I wanted it. And ever since then, it's like, I'm her home. Oh my God. You know, so, so we, we went from like her hardly being able to stand me. And there's not, there's still moments where I trigger her, yeah. you know, like we do. With you're, our you're her mom. She's a bitch to her sister. You know? you know? <laughs> yeah, of course, you're going to trigger each other. <laughs> yes, but we taught. We know how to get through it. Yeah, and and I've I've also been so humbled through my own plant medicine journey. My own journey on psychedelics has shown me these parts of myself that have been mm. so humbling, where I can just own it and say, "I'm. You're right. I'm sorry. I fucked up. Yeah. Forgive me. Give me some more grace." And I'll, and I'll work on that, you know, and we do that together. But ever since then, it's just been like, you know, she's like, I just need to see you. I just need to be around you. When I'm around you, I feel more at peace. And I'm like this, this, I am this home for her, Yeah, which is all you ever want to be as a mom. Well, you know, to one be able to trip, be that. one experience one, like that. Yes. I mean, if that is not I so I was been so excited to hear this story because spoiler alert to everyone else I I knew that they had but I hadn't actually heard the story and yeah. this is part of why I was just so excited to hear this because I think psychedelics and particularly mushrooms are you know they they can do so much I mean they're they're just um they're just this incredible tool right for everything that can really help with everything intimacy and and our own healing journey and uh, the physical healing, but then to also yeah. hear about how family connections, family lines can be healed and to have your heart in an open space where she can't even access anger because anger is just something that you do to protect yourself, right? Like that's actually yeah. what the judge does. If you think about like that part in the in the free, prefrontal cortex, it's the part that filters because that's the part that doesn't want to get hurt anymore. And so, yeah. if that part is in defense, then that's what's going to be reacting to you. But when you do it, a psychedelic like psilocybin, well, that goes to sleep, and suddenly yeah. it's just you. And the yeah. beauty is, of course, the love has never gone anywhere, and you guys can laugh and cry, and you know. And she was young, and she's still young, understanding like. The, as and as not a mom and hopefully will be like what you were saying to have to live your life fully for yourself and then also be a mom that's not easy that can't yeah. be easy it's i just being in my own experience is a full-time job <laughs> like, oh my god like being a mom of three and then going through this but like it's so inspiring and i can't wait to like i'm going to feature this part of the clip on when people are coming to listen to this because it's just it's hope to me it's hope it's hope for those things because she's talking years it's gonna take years it took a trip actually it i'm not saying that's trip. gonna be for everyone six of hours. course it took six hours i'm not saying that's gonna yeah. be the case but but that's the hope that people can look look for you know to heal yeah. their own personal relationships with family i mean it love is really the most powerful healing force in the universe. And my yes. last journey that I took, that was sort of the highlight theme of it was just like what that that we are this con we are a conduit for life and for love. And the, the process of healing is just removing all the barriers. Yeah. You know, Rumi talks about that. There's a Rumi poem. It's like, you know, it's removing all the barriers to love. Yeah. Um, 
And, but that also is why I work helping women who are mothers, you know, because mm-hmm. I tell them, I'm like, yeah, there were days where all four of us were on the floor crying, or I was walking to the mailbox and I was like, maybe I should just keep on walking and not yeah. go back in that yeah, house because yeah, I'm yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, but because I, because of all of the things that I've learned on my own journey of being a mom and, and I've been supporting other women having babies for 14 years that uh, almost 15 actually now that, that, that I like, I, I am this, I want to stand up and be this example where it's like, yeah, like it's messy. It's raw. It's hard. These are the realities of it, but it's beautiful. And it's actually, we're here to help each other grow Yeah, as the parent child. And my kids have been my hugest teacher. My biggest teachers have been my children. Yeah. I know from many, my, I, uh, my sisters have kids and, and my, and my parents, they say the same thing. My, our kids are the biggest teachers. Like we were saying right before this call, just relationships are such a powerful tool, a powerful way for us to understand ourselves and how we relate and how we heal and how we grow and how we see the world. It's impossible to understand yourself in a vacuum. It's like you need, we're, we need each other in this. And, And this is like, also why psychedelics just get me so fired up and so excited is because of just um, the ability that they have to reconnect us not, not only with ourselves first and foremost, because that yeah. you need the reconnection with self so that you, before you can really be there for others. I mean, yes, yeah. you can be um, um, the wounded version of I'm not fully there myself, I'm not fully loving myself and I'm going to do my best to love you. Like, okay, that's going to, that's going to, take you as far as you can. But when you have psychedelics and you're doing all of that inner work and then you can actually, that then filters into quite literally every relationship, whether it's at work or your family or your love interests or partners, like it is self-exploration that we, I think we all need on a very deep level. Yeah. Which is why it's so great you're doing this podcast. Thank you. To bring awareness there. Because it, it's all about capacity. That's what I tell people. I'm like, you, this capacity that we have, we get to realize that it's so expansive. Yeah. And as we grow in inner capacity with our own personal journey, that reflects externally. Absolutely. And, and psychedelics teaches you this microcosm, macrocosm relationship over and over and over again. You oh, know, like yeah. the small to the large, the as large above, to so small. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of that. And you get to see that. I mean, I had a journey I remember one time where I understood the microbiome and like microbes on this tiny, tiny microscopic level. And I have, I don't know if this is a common thing or not, but I, I, I am able to actually write while I'm in a high dose state. Most of the time it's, it's taken some practice and some work, but I have written pages and pages and pages and I'm starting to like type them all up and put them together that's that's amazing uh, no no i've tried but what i've what i do actually is um i'll record sometimes i'll, I'll actually put on my voice memo mm-hmm. and i have a i have a, a a piece uh what's it called that little the little clips yeah, yeah i remember i did a trip in joshua tree and i just narrated everything the whole experience i was like when, when i wanted yeah. to talk and like kind of expressing it that way and after this kind of last trip i did too how about it didn't save but i knew it was just to, i was like okay that's a sign too like it didn't want yeah. me to it was just for me but like mm-hmm. i spoke fully about the whole experience and then um yeah it's an amazing way to see like what's kind of coming through 
Are you yeah. planning on, you should just put those, those, uh, that work into just like a book and just keep like, keep I, it. I'm working on it, but cause the thing that I've found when I come back afterwards and I read it and I did, I, I've done like video stuff of myself as well. Those times mm-hmm. where I'm like, all right, I've just, just too much work to write or it's illegible um, or I'll do notes on my phone. Yeah. Um, if I can handle the screen, cause you know how screens are to your, <laughs> in that space. Yes. But it, so it just kind of depends on the journey you're having. But I, when I go back and read them and right now, as I'm typing them up, um, and I get now, because I think of the work, I, I get downloads in the middle of the night at like three in the morning sometimes, and I'll wake yeah. up and I'll have to just write a bunch of things down. But, um, it's a lot of it is the same thematic stuff that like every spiritual teacher has ever talked about the same universal truths just keep coming through over and over and over again. And if that doesn't validate what is true, yeah, I don't know what does, you know, like how many people can have totally in different parts of the world, different parts of the country, different times in history can have these experience, these transcendental experiences and come back with the same wisdom, I know. And with the same insight you know, where it's just like, and it, and it's not ever complicated. It's yeah. really when you, it just, it dilutes to this really simple thing, like love, life, pe- presence. Presence. Yeah. Yeah. And that the moment can never hold more than really what the moment contains. And also this, you know, idea of openness. Yeah. It, and those it, are those things. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And I, I know we were talking about this too. Like, yeah, it's, uh, Everything about the journey for me usually has been around, um, there's, fear comes up for me a lot, not that I'm afraid, but, but it kind of shows me how I'm always safe. It's like this overwhelming safety that I always feel that it's like the universe is like, I, at what point do you trust that I have you? At what point do you trust that I have you? Like, that's the feeling is like, that's why psychedelics are so powerful for me. And Mm -hmm. I've, and I've talked to like a few friends too. And like, I remember my friend who was actually, she had a brain tumor that was thankfully like taken out, but she had did an acid trip one time and she just finally felt safe in her body. It was like the message was like, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Okay. You're always going to, you're always okay. You're like held. It's like, you're, you're so much more like than this. Like it, you don't, you like all the, and, and all of the, the, the things that we worry about and like the little things, like they just, they become so trivial. Yeah, it becomes so small, like the the simpleness, and and you kind of realize you're like, why am I stressing about this? Like everything's fine, it's beautiful right mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah, it's such a, a simple like grounding experience. I want to also ask you. I know, speaking of family healing, I know you also had a journey <laughs> with your own mom. Can you talk about what that experience was like? You know, it's funny. I'm going to bring up both of my parents. Um, because a lot of my personal healing journey, emotionally and psychologically, was because my father was severely sexually and physically abused as a child. Like to, to a degree that I don't know that you ever really come back from it because it's so fragmenting. He was young. It was a very extended period of time. Mm. It's very a lot of just deep, awful trauma. So he's carrying that in his DNA, right? And he's carrying that in his, he didn't remember any of it until his 30s. He'd suppressed the memory of it but my parents got married at 18 and 19 and I was born when my mom was 20. They were young and they were like, we're going to go be missionaries. We're going to save the world. We're going to run away from our traumatic environments, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I come by my like heart for humans, honestly. Um, cause I, that was what was modeled for me, 
But my dad had had these wounds in him and I was carrying some of that, I think, in my DNA, you know? And then there were some things that happened in the way that he would interact with me growing up that would that created a lot of like I had a lot of shame and Mm. you know, sexual shame and all these other things that I had to really work to heal in my own psychological journey and my own. I've done a lot of that work with, you know, psychedelics as well. Um, and a lot of it through like therapy and EMDR and energy work. But so my dad had done a lot of work and he really struggling, still really struggling. And we actually just uh, had to sort of cut him out of our lives in the last couple of months. Um, but I got to this point where I had finally forgiven him. And I was like, dad, do you want to do a guided journey? And I got in Michael Pollan's book and I shared a lot of research with them. And I got to this point where my mom was like, do anything, honey, whatever, whatever you think will help, we'll do it. So I guided him on a hero's dose journey. Wow. Five grams. Five grams. Oh, wow. Good for dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I mean, there was, there were these moments where I just cried and I felt, and I think in a lot of ways, I've always, I've been more my father's parent than anything growing up. Um, But I did, I just kind of walked him through it and he came through and he looked at me and he's like, all my life, I wanted to help other people and heal. And I realized like, you healed and now you're helping other people heal Mm -hmm. and I have to heal myself. And I was like, yes, you do. You have to learn to love yourself. But sadly he kept, he he got these beautiful revelations in that journey, but the, the integration is so key, you know, and, and uh, he very quickly went back into like a victim mindset in the victim space. And even though psychedelics are a pattern disruptor and they help us rewire our neuropathways, we still have to work to reinforce those new neuropathways. Yeah. So when I work with people, I do that work. But with my father, it's like I couldn't force him yeah. to do his integration work. And he didn't come to me for that. So he wasn't going to follow my protocol. You know, yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. Where integration is really a huge focus for me and my per- I learned that lesson the hard way in my yeah. own life, but with people that I work with. And so he ended up doing some really dysfunctional things. And then we found out there was like an affair he was having with mm. this woman. So my mom and I go to, uh, this was right before Meet Delic actually. Okay. And, yeah. And so we went to the Grand Canyon that week beforehand and we were out at the Grand Canyon. This was when we found out my father was having this affair. So here I am on this trip with my mom and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to handle this situation right now. But we're also like, I want to have an experience. And so we have this, like, I had to walk this boundary and I was like, do you want a microdose mom? You know? And yeah. she was like, and I think she was so broken at that point. She was like, sure, whatever. And so we hiked the trail, the grand Canyon, which is such an amazing, like piece of nature. Yeah. I meant to be on <laughs> mushrooms experiencing that. Wow. And so, and she was like, she could not stop talking about the sky, you know, and, and yeah. the colors. And she was like, is this a thing? So I got her to do that a couple of times. Um, microdose few, throughout this process of like me supporting her. We were at Meet Delic. She was still overwhelmed because she was dealing with all the stuff in her life. But she's like, I want to learn. I want to come to some of these, you know, things. And I remember getting her to come to uh, Laura's psychedelic leadership talk. And she was like, wow, she's really intelligent. You know, my mom has a counseling degree. And so my mom is coming from this totally different mindset and she's seeing the value of this thing. And I'm, yeah. she's willing to come to this conference with me. And then she goes back to the pool and microdoses and like talks to her sisters and journals and is like trying to be in her space. 
And it, it was just, it was almost like it was helping her work her way through yeah. what she was going through. Yeah. You know, it was this support. I feel like it's awakens your inner knowing and your inner wisdom and your inner knowledge. And yeah, it was just really powerful for me to be able to do that. And I hear I am like, I feel like I'm this bridge, you know, and I've got like my daughter, my mother, we've got these two different directions mm-hmm. of generation. And here we are, we're connected and we're assisting each other with our healing journeys, you know, yeah. and my mom has played significant roles in my own healing journey as well. And I get to do that for her. And, and there's this like psychedelic plant medicine piece. That's this thread. And that thread is going to keep going. The thing is your daughter is now her kids. Mm-hmm. are going to be, if she wants kids, uh, yeah. are are also going to be reaping the benefit of that. And the thing is, you know, I truly believe like this, the healing of the lineage and all of each other is also going further than I think than we consciously understand. I think yeah. it, it it's such a powerful ripple effect over what it's going to set up for the future, certainly you know, and everything that's happening there. And it's also a really good, it also just shows like kind of the difference between your mom and your dad here, how here's your mom now working through because she's, she's being contemplative and she is journaling and she is wanting to feel better. You know, I think it really, I think that's a really big key is, is, and maybe your dad's just not in the place where he wants to heal. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to yet, it's going to be hard to, of course, it's, it's, it's a lot of like inner reflection and you have to go there. And if you don't really want to, well, that's going to be the hardest part is, yeah. is, um, and it might not be his path in this life to want to, you know? Yeah. I, I get the feeling that he's not going to accept that invitation. I, I think he thinks that he wants to, but it's, uh, it, it requires, letting go of who it is that you think that you are yeah, and what it is that you think that you know, and then learning to embrace something that's, that's bigger and yeah. different. And that, that leap from the one to the other is scary. It's like, I've, you've probably seen that meme. I've seen it on Instagram a few times where it's like, there's this cliff and the person is jumping. <gasps> oh my God. I was, I, before yeah. you even said it, I was like, I hope yeah. it's, I hope it's the cliff with like, with the universe is like, universe okay, you're ready. <laughs> the universe is like the finger that's, flicking you off the cliff, (laughs) but also it's the hand that's catching you, you know, universe, God, source. And I see this all the time because this was a, this is something that I realized was very difficult for me because of my more Protestant Christian upbringing. And because of my desire to be all things to everybody that, you know, to, to, I don't get hung up on language, you know, God, universe, source, divinity, whatever word you need to use, whatever sort of structure a belief that you need to use yeah. to make sense of the divine of something bigger than you. Yes. Do that. But also it's really helpful to remember that like, if you really believe that this being or entity or consciousness is that powerful and that great, do you really think they give a fuck what language you use? Yeah. You know, like it's language is, is a, it, it's something that we've created so that we can communicate as humans in this time space reality. Absolutely. And you and I both know this, like when you go, I was journaling this just this week where it's like, you go to that landscape and we use the word ephemeral a lot because mm. I, I can't think of how many times I've come back and I've been like, why do I just not have adequate words to describe what I just came to understand and saw because I went to a, a dimension of a reality that is so much bigger than like our limited 
you know, descriptive, yeah. defined human language. Yeah, it's crazy how even grasp. Yeah, and it's, we get so hung up on, I you know, and I understand why. Look, I used to I use the word God, source, universe, whatever, whatever. Honestly, like flows through at that moment, divine. Like I right. use it all, but you know, I didn't use the word God for a long time because uh, I associated it with religion, a religious yeah. uh, word, and. I've now just recently, I'm like, no, that's the way that I want to express the greater, this, this, the, the, the fabric, the, everything, <laughs> quite yeah. literally the energy that I feel every, quite literally us talking to each other, the computer, everything, everything like the, this kind of, this kind of stuff. But I, I realized, I think for, for myself, I even talk about this because I don't want people to get, people get hung up on the word God if they are, have a little bit of an allergic reaction to religion. And I did for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. like, because I've, um, I just get very angry about killing in the name of God. I just, that concept to me, it was just so backwards. And um, the infighting that religion has created, my God is better than your God. And this and yeah. that has uh, yeah. always been, something that I've really struggled with. And so me on this spiritual path is something that I'm always like very aware of when I'm like talking to people. Cause I'm like, I, the last thing I want to ever sound is dogmatic because yeah. the experience that I'm having is like, I'm not, it's impossible actually to put into words because it is so the magnitude look around folks, go just go to the beach See the birds right. flying in a perfect V. Do you see the, the the master intelligence that's happening out here? It's it's in and and so that I think that's coming back to like the words and why people get hung up is because it, it is it's unfortunately it's hooking into things other than I think the experience that you and I have. Yeah. Right? When we're when we're in especially in those flow states and especially or, or in nature. No better way to feel, you know, God, the divine source is to just right. be, be in, in a, the creation, be, be, in, be in creation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And, or be creating, you yes. know, which is, mm -hmm. which is that other piece is like, we are in relationship with the creation in relationship with the creator and embodying creation energy and mm -hmm. creating. And it's supposed to be this energy that just like works together. Yep. And a lot of the work that I do now is focused on like helping people realign with who it is that they uniquely are so that they can create with their gifts that they're here to share, yeah. you know, which is, flow. which is, yeah, flow. And, and the only way, and, and if you think about flow and the way, if you think about water, right, Mr. Water Signs and yeah. water yeah. makes sense to yeah. both of us. But you think about water needing to have like this place to flow. Well, if you put like a dam or there are rocks in the way or there's like, a, you know, some of the dirt falls in and it narrows the path, you know, or if it's going through a pipe and the pipe has rust and little bits of residue that are blocking it, it the process of healing is just opening up flow. Yeah, it really is. And if you think of it that way, it's less scary and there's less desire to resistance because you're like, oh, why wouldn't you want to optimize flow? Right, right. Why wouldn't you want to do whatever you could to make that an easier path? But the fear and the anxiety and the depression that people deal with is this resistance. Just like yeah. you were saying that the, the definition that we have for things creates this contrast and yeah. people resist contrast and flow is all about like there may be not being a really defined boundary mm -hmm. between things. 
And it's just and that's scary for a lot of people. Yeah. It's the the thing that like I think we can always and I have to always remind myself of this too is when I get start getting hung up and like if this is gonna happen or or what about this or like anything kind of especially like future oriented, I would say if anything, I, I tend to be um I get more anxious than depressed because I'm more future oriented than past yeah. oriented, right? Um, yeah. But then this constant reminder of, oh, okay, well, if that doesn't work, it that's for me. Oh, right. Oh, right. Like, it's either going to work because it's supposed to or it's not because it's not supposed to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a very, it's actually, that's, I think, when you come back to like that simplicity again, you're just like, oh, I don't have to worry if it's going to work because if it doesn't, it wasn't ever meant to work. Right. Therefore, everything is always working. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's always working. And I'll, on, and flow to me comes in, okay, so that didn't go the way that I think that I wanted it to go. How can I just like feel it and like go through the feelings of that? And then also know like that there's a reason, you know, yeah. there's straight up like that's, that's just simple as that. And like, it just takes away the, I always say like, there's the feeling of support of this like greater universal uh, plan to me, you know, I mean, I feel very much that we're, um, if you align to your highest potential, like I said, that's how I set intentions is, is aligning to my soul's mission is aligning to the highest potential of myself and allowing then the intelligence of the universe to then guide what that looks like. Because I small self cat in this moment don't know exactly what that looks like. And so it's like just feeling like, Oh God, are you I don't have to worry about just making mistakes. There's no mistakes. Zero. Yeah. There's no mistake. There's just the there's trust, just living. There's just trust and living. The trust piece is key though, I think, because I think that's what a lot of people are lacking is it, and it and it, it's funny because it really correlates with like any belief system where you're like, oh, you're supposed to trust and surrender and have faith and whatever it is that you believe. But having this trustful, surrendered relationship with the universe, with God, is that's the work. Yes. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> you know, I, like, it's like all, it's like work. literally all I talk about is because I'm like, <laughs> I, I like will talk to my team. I was like, I trust and surrender. And they're like, who are you kidding, girl? Were you? <laughs> like, who are you trying to fool? I was like, my whole vibe is like nervous and scared. I'm I was like, totally yeah, yeah, I totally trust. I like totally trust. I'm like surrendered. And they're like, I mean, no, but you're not talking to anybody. Like everything you think we understand, like it is quite literally the word the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. better. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just like laughing about it. And then like knowing me like, all right, I'm caught. Help, please help me to like move through this fear. Please help me to, 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 to trust. Please help me yeah. to come into a surrender state to, you know, because how do you, it's hard to do. You're like, what do you mean yeah. surrender? What does that mean? That, that was a well, whole journey in of itself. Yeah. What does surrender mean? That's the merciful, gracious gift of suffering. Uh, and I've been through a lot of suffering and I've gone through a lot of really difficult, painful times. Um, you know, I could tell story after story after story. And uh, some of them have been self-inflicted, you know, mm -hmm. because of the choices I made. But then there were other things that I had no control over. But surviving that, going through that, coming out the other side, and now being able to look back and be like, oh, wow, that was a beautiful gift that I got to have that experience because it 
unlocked this piece of me or opened this other part of me or it gave me this other perspective and it allowed me to learn this other lesson, which then opened up this opportunity. Exactly. Now that I've gone through that so many times and I hold space with other people who are going through suffering, you know, like what help a woman having giving birth to a baby who's looking at you, you know, 28 hours and is like, I'm dying, please help me. I'm dying. And I'm like, we're just going to breathe for the next contraction. And that's yeah. it. And I know that when this baby arrives and you are holding this miracle in your arms, you're not going to give a fuck about these hours of suffering that you went through. But right now it feels like this is all that there is, you know, and keep, it's all about keeping this like long range space holding kind of awareness. And so in that, not only that, but like, I don't ever want to rescue anybody from suffering because I feel like I would be stealing something from them. And yeah. we tend to want to do that. We tend to, especially as empathetic beings, want to be like, oh, I don't want you to hurt. Let me do whatever I can to safeguard you from harm. Parents do this all the time. Let me protect mm-hmm. you. Oh my gosh, bad things are going to happen. Don't climb that tree. You could fall and break your arm. But you want a child that takes chances out in the world when they become yeah. an adult. So you have to be willing to let them take risks when they're young and you're there to help pick up the messes. But you have to let them learn from painful experiences, from consequences, you know, yes. in order for them to grow. That's such that's such valuable, valuable advice to just to not take anyone uh, to not take anybody's suffering away because of the gift that it is. Yeah, gr- yeah. grief and and things of that, that nature is just such um they're incredible lessons. They really hurt when things happen, and yet, like you were saying too, they change oftentimes the trajectory of our life, though. And once yeah. you have a little bit of space and you have a little bit of time, you get to see, oh my God, if that really painful, shitty thing at the moment didn't happen, this, whatever this might be, could have never. So then yeah. you get to see, once again, this great tapestry of your life. You get to see that there's no accidents out here. Yep. You know, your, your, your aneurysm was the thing that you needed to put you on your path. It was painful you almost lost your life. You've had to put some pieces back together with your daughters. And yet the way you probably can show up for them now is so much fuller and richer and will continue to grow than maybe if something like that didn't happen where you, like you were saying, you were just kind of like living life and just without the same kind of direction, without that same inner direction. Yeah. So I want to ask you, you're talking about childbirth too. What are some of the ways that you are working with expecting parents and mothers to um, help them energetically bring in, bring in kids. Are you working with them before they have kids? Obviously you're saying that the helping literally bring kids in the world after the fact, can you talk to us about what are some of the ways that you work with them energetically? Yeah, I am. So I, when I first started working in childbirth, it was because I had really rewarding birth experiences and I was like, Oh, I want to help other women have really rewarding and empowering birth experiences. And that was my goal. And I thought, Maybe I'll become a midwife one day. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that what I really enjoyed was being a caretaker of the experience. And that if you care took them through the experience properly and they got the support they needed through the process of being pregnant, through the process of like adjusting their relationship to the transition, through the process of becoming moms and their roles and identity really shifting, that that had an impact on the rest of their lives. And so I started having that like long range thought process. So as I worked in this field, you know, I've, I've attended hundreds of births. I, I've lost count. I don't really know how many now. And I've had so many different experiences and I'm very good. At, like I have natural instincts in that 
realm. But what I'm really passionate about is not so much like, oh, have a natural birth, have a non-natural birth, well, whatever birth. I want that journey to be productive. I want that journey to be something that you build upon. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote, uh, I've written uh, materials and I walk people through the material. And more and more now I've transitioned to predominantly working with people before they get pregnant Mm -hmm. to really kind of consciously help them prepare for parenthood in their conception process, prime their body, you know, genetically with health and nutrition, but also work through all of the mental and emotional Mm. landscapes Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to learn those lessons that I learned on the path of parenthood in the middle of it, that their kids that have to heal from. And sure, that's great. We are all going to screw up and that's going to be the curriculum that we hand our children (laughs) to sort out in their life. But my goal is that if I am doing that, I'm helping people become conscious of the process of becoming parents, then um, as they raise these children, that's going to change how they raise these children. And then those are humans that show up in the world differently with, with things that they've already got like under their belt that they've learned in childhood from parents who are learning that in their own journey. And then in that way, we impact the world. And so I see it as like a way that I'm <laughs> contributing to the world. And I, with my clients that are not pregnant, it's like, I, how could, am I affecting how you show up, you know, with your people in your spheres? And there's this ripple effect and this domino effect, you know, that we end up having it. And energetically, you know, collectively, I think as each of us as individuals heal, we shift that collective energy, yeah. yes. you know? So everything I do is with that goal, whether it's helping people get pregnant, helping people through the process of having a baby, helping them figure out how to be parents and, or a lot of moms come to me and I, um, you know, sort of mentor them in a lot of ways because they realize like, oh my God, I don't even know who I am anymore. My identity is shifting. What am I supposed to do? How do I do this? You know, and and it is, and I'm like, okay, but if I am affecting you, you're, you're affecting your mother, your children. Yeah your community yes. and those types of things. Just like, hopefully I'm showing up differently with those people in my life because, because of what I've done. And it's, it's hard to put that, like, that's my job. What a, thank you. Seriously. Like what a true, um, what a true active like service. And you're obviously very good at it, you know, and just to, like you were saying, like, even with like the journey, like building upon this journey and having consciousness and awareness before you even bring a child into the world. Like, you know, it's, it's like, if we, if that was much more practiced, if there was, if that was actually in most books, right? Like if that's the way that most people prepare to be parents, really and truly imagine the world. This is, this is how we are going to change the world. Because yeah, I'm writing a book. I'm trying to write this book. You so I can please do it. because it's so, so, so valuable and needed. You know, I was, and obviously when I'm pregnant at some point, I will be coming to you to, to counsel with you and um, I'll tell you all the things. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about pregnancy and, and it's funny, I don't even have a partner, but I was like, and pregnancy anyway. Um, but, but, um, but I was just thinking about it more in just kind of this way. It was actually my last mushroom trip. I don't forgot how it even like came up. It was on the tail end, but I was thinking about, um, just the beauty I was feeling and, and how much healing I was going through. And I was just thinking like, 
when I have children, what how I'm going to talk to them and, and the way that I'm going to nurture them. And my parents are amazing and we're all on this like journey together, but just, you know, we're all still learning, you know, and like yeah. how much and like how I know that it's not just me. You know, there's a lot of people that are like on this healing journey now. There's a lot of people that are getting these like, like you were saying, very similar messages of universal truths that are coming in yeah. of an abundant universe that we live in, that of of being true to ourselves and all of these different things, right? All of the, the I'm un- deprogramming myself from all of what I basically society had taught me. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in that. But I get to teach my kids now what it means to um, live from all of the things that I'm learning right now, right? Like all of, yeah. all of that. And then as more of us do it, then these kids grow up completely the way that they view the world and treat themselves is completely yeah. different. And then those kids have kids. And I'm like, this is how, this is truly how we change the world. It's not the government. Yeah. Sorry, but it's not, it's, it's individuals changing themselves. And then we, and then we pass that to our kids and then they yeah. pass it to their kids. And then exactly. this is how it happens. Oops. It always comes back to personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Every single lesson I have ever learned always comes back to, you know, this, this, you just show up and heal this and everything else will figure itself out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. And it's, it's so simple, but it's not. Simple and not because we're, because <laughs> yeah. humans are messy and complicated. And I was just yes. at the park yesterday and closed my eyes and crying for absolutely no reason. And I was like, why am I crying yeah. right now? And it was like, it was something just like, you know, tears are healing. You don't even have to know they why are. you're, you don't even have to know why you're, you're oh, yesterday tearing up. I was, I had the same kind of feel. I was like, what is wrong with me yesterday? And I was like, ah. Oh. PMS, full moon, you know, it's yeah. like all the things. And I'm like, all right, I'm in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in it. it. And then like, the message was just like, you're, you're in an incarnate, you're in a body. You're going to be, mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be healing all your life. Even no matter how dialed you think you get, even I, just, you're still living the human experience. And so settle into the fact that you, it's all the emotions. And it's, it's, not gift, dish, it's, it's not ditching them at all. It's just, no. it's just processing them from a little bit more of, from grace. It's yeah. just being able to process tougher times through grace. It doesn't make the tough times not shitty. <laughs> you know, they're still yeah. shitty. So. Um, I was riding the Peloton this morning and uh, Robin, it was taking one of her classes and she's actually the founder of the company, I think. And she's hilarious. She's such a badass that she's like, we are ritualizing discomfort people. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I was like, but it's true. And the more that I build like my physical strength, I find that in those moments that are uncomfortable, I'm, I can, I can sit in them without reacting and freaking yes. out. And I recognize that like, okay, this is temporary. It will pass. And then things will go back and we are not going to be in this constant state of like bliss all the time. No, no. I mean, it's, it would be nice exist without it. Would yeah, be, it would be great. Uh, I mean, so we say, so we say, but obviously yeah. we'd probably be like, I mean, is there anything else besides bliss? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, you're right. I think that it, what happens is like, yeah, there's uh, ease comes. That That's where I think that the, the shift that I certainly feel in my life is when difficult times arise and they do all the time, even in moods, even like one second I'm fine. And the next second I'm like in a funk. And now I'm starting to track like, okay, where, what, what happened? Like, what did I see? What, what did I look at? Like, what was the thing that like shifted? And how do I just go like, okay, my mood changed. So 
because before I would, I would, I would worry about it. Oh my God, like what's wrong? And like all this stuff. And then I would get down on myself or feeling down, like bizarre cycle of like, and I'm like, cut, who cares, girl? It's just a mood. Like, let it, let it pass. You're, you're creating such a melodrama right now. Like allow it to just flow Mm -hmm. through. So what you're just, oh, you're uncomfortable. (laughs) Okay. Like, yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. And then it, and then it passes like, as life does. Yeah. And then life goes on. <laughs> you know? like, well, and we have to just like coach ourselves through it. Totally. You totally do. You totally have to, instead of telling yourself a story about it. Cause the moment that you write a story and you make a story that is the reason why the thing is happening, you're lost. Yes. You're caught. Like yes. Ronda says that, you know, it's like, those are the moments you get caught. You start to tell yourself a story. Ram Dass has been probably like there. I, I have had teachers and touch points all through my journey. And there have been like, oh, there was this season where this teacher and their story and their yeah. message was exactly what I needed to hear, which is really what motivates me to tell my story because I'm like, maybe I will be a teacher and my story will be the story that somebody needs to hear at this season or chapter of their lives to get them through that phase of growth and evolution. And Ram Dass was one of those teachers at a certain point. And it was that moment. He was like, ah, you're getting caught. You know, yeah. you're, ha- yeah. you're getting caught in that story. And I have like this quote, it's still on my mirror. It says like, prolong not the past, invite not the future. You know, don't alter your innate wakefulness. Like don't get like embody life, but don't get lost in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's it's nothing more than that. It's, it's tough. So Embody it, but don't get lost. Like yeah. in the world, but not of it kind of vibe. It's like, yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, um, this is why it's a journey for life, a lifelong journey. I yep. constantly having to remind myself of that too. My final <laughs> question, by the way, and you being a teacher, absolutely. That's why I wanted you on trip on this because your stories have been just that somebody, especially moms out there single moms that are listening to this that might be like, oh, is there a way that I can maybe reconnect with my child or my yeah. parent or anything of that? Like, you're already doing it, girl. Yeah. You're already just you and Ram Dass here on the show. It's, uh... <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> um, my final uh, experience, my, my final question for you was just about uh, guiding people through journeys. And what's kind of your, what is, what is the style that you think feel is, the most impactful that you've seen? Is it more, I'm there for you, you have eye shades on and they go through an experience and you're there and answer questions? Or is it a little bit more hands-on where you're talking to them, they're expressing in kind of real time? Is it a mix of both? Is it like per, per, case, per case basis kind yeah. of vibe? It, it tends to be a mix of both and a little bit depending on the person. And I also, um, I'm a microdosing coach, you know, so a lot of people I work with, they have gotten themselves off of antidepressants. They have dealt with anxiety issues. They maybe had an Adderall problem for a while. You know, those are actually really common. And a lot of people like realize how unsustainable that is, or their health starts to suffer, or, you know, that actually makes them worse and not better. And so they'll start, you know, somebody will be like, oh, I heard about microdosing. So I help them balance their chemistry. Usually it's diet, lifestyle, it's all yeah. those things. And a lot of those people will get to a point where it's like, I need to go deeper. Got it. Yeah. Or there's people who just reach out to me or referred to me. I just, I've built an entirely referral based business. And you also have to work kind of discreetly in this space, yeah. um, you know, cause it's uh, not legal, yeah. but, um, 
but also in that space, I do a lot of uh, priming, preparing. I kind of, I kind of give them like a little tutorial on how to navigate the landscape really in the best way. We have a, I have a protocol I do with them uh, with like journaling prompts and exercises to help them prime their subconscious for what they want to focus on yeah. and what they want their intent to be. So they have a better chance of having that, an experience that deals with their primary what they perceive as their primary issues are. And right. you and I both know, and I prepare them for this, that the subconscious is infinitely wise yes. and it will know what you need. Yeah. And if it takes you somewhere else, because that's what you need first, and it deals you know, in layers and you can trust it to give you what you need when you need it. But I, the times that I, so I do usually, I have, I spend a lot of time working on the music because the music is everything. Mm-hmm. So the playlist is very intentional um, specifically kind of built with what I know they want to focus on and how I know their temperament is. And then, um, I have like teas and herbs and supplements. So I kind of biohack it a little to sort of make their body as comfortable through the process to support yeah. them through it. Um, and then, you know, when the music goes in and the eye shades go on, um, they typically will go away for a while, but, but every now and then I'll get feedback from them where I can tell they're stuck or I'm so in tune with them where I can tell they're stuck. Yeah. Or I can tell like they're having an experience that's interesting, but it's not productive. Got and they it. didn't come here for just a fun time. They could have done that. Like, you know, they actually came here because they're trying to, to deal with something. They need a little and more so, container structure. Yeah. yeah. And if that happens, then I might like pull them out and help them kind of get into that space. And then usually, you know, as you kind of come up more shallow towards the end of a journey, most people want to sit and process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in that time period, we'll talk. And then, and then I usually take a lot of pretty extensive notes during that post-journey phase where I like feed them and nourish them and all those things so that they can remember. And then they go the next day, they do their integration work, but then I'll send them their notes and send them their playlist, you know, so, cool. it's a, so, so they, they can, can keep, keep it all yeah. really fresh. And while you have, because those first 24 hours where your neurological wiring is just fiery, yes. that's the key. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. And so. then the post integration work. Yeah. Uh, that thank you for I wanted to ask about that because you know, I'm sure a lot of people as as you know, trip on this is growing and psychedelics are growing and I'm just seeing I was like, okay, people are going to want to know like some details like what what yeah. what what would it entail to go and do something yeah. like this and I always say it's like so good always, you know, if anybody's going to journey like really talk to the person that you're going to be with and like like just like this and hearing like okay, what is the, what's to expect? What should I expect? And like, do you, knowing yourself, do I want to be able to like talk it out more? Do I want to maybe like just allow myself to kind of see what happens and go with the flow and just, again, it comes back to like preparation, like you were saying, like it mitigates fear. And I think it's really helpful. You know, when I guided friends through journeys because they're friends, it's more of, mm, it's a different type of experience because it's not them laying down with eye shades. Oftentimes yeah. it's more of them asking questions. And a lot of times I've noticed that people actually just want to like start talking about what's going on for them. You know, like the well, reason why, should... the reason why that they wanted to do this because it really yeah. does open up. Um, that opens that, up that communication. Yes, it does. That, like network for them. And they, cause you still get that, like, Oh, I can look at things from this perspective. I yeah. can look at things. Oh, I'm getting like this 360 view of something I didn't yeah. used to have, but I'm also a Reiki practitioner. So I do energy work with clients. I shy. So with clients, I, I usually do some chakra balancing at the beginning of a session. There are times where they need energy work 
to kind of help with stuck energy through the process. Um, so I incorporate that. And I also, I muscle and pendulum test people on dosages beforehand. Love so that. I always check with their body to see what they want, because sometimes it's four, four to point two grams. Sometimes it's 5.5, you know, depending on what it is. And this is another thing that I've learned to do just based off of my experience. I don't know if there's any research, but I pay attention to the moon cycles mm-hmm. and there are preferred moon cycle, like fate, like closer to a full moon or more on like the wax, like more of the waxing and the waning sort of cycles of the moon. Typically you're going to have a more sort of vivid, visual, impactful journey and closer Mm. to a new moon, it tends to be really sort of more internal and introspective, but maybe not quite as like, you know, pow experience. Mm -hmm. And so I I try to tune into like, what's happening on the planet? What's happening with your body? What's happening with your energy? So it becomes layered. Yeah. Um, And I'm, I'm heavily um, researched. So I've read everything from Stanislav Grof's studies to some of the other really prominent uh, medical professionals in the field and all about the John Hopkins protocol and a lot of the research that they've done and some of the other some of the other fields that have really dug into that. And then a lot of like the shamanic sort of traditions and all of that, and really study a lot of the sort of different histories of that to find a way to sort of, to honor all of it. Yeah, and to create your, and then to create your own, what's intuitive yeah. container. Cause I think that's where, look, this is what the psychedelic landscape is going to look like. It's going to be, this is where also like trust talking to hearing somebody's like, what's their vibe? What are they, how how long have they been doing it? What's their approach? All of these things, because, um, it is the, there's not one, one right way to, to do any of this. And so it's like, yeah, feeling it out, what feels right to you. And I think I love the fact that you're taking like all of the approaches and, and well studied and working with nature and then, and energy and all of it. I mean, that's how you, that is what when you're on a psychedelic you are you are entering a world that is not what you're particularly used to if you've never yeah. done a psychedelic you are mm-hmm. entering into new territory and so it's like and it's energetic territory it's the world that you don't see with your yeah. two eyes most of the time i mean not to say you can't see cool things obviously on but like we're we're entering into um it's, 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 it could be pretty magical. And just like, like you're saying, like all that energy healing, it's important because yeah, sometimes what can come up can also be, uh, challenging and making sure that your energy is also, um, have you dealt with anybody that's like having a really tough time? Um, you know, maybe only once or twice, uh, but not usually. And I think what I found is just I don't take, I, I'm so selective about who I work with and then really kind of get them prepared and primed. And I, and I really tune in with my own guidance system. And if I'm, and, and I've learned just from, and I've learned from past experiences of working with pregnant couples and all of the other areas before, you know, I have a lot of experience of helping people through healing before I came into the plant medicine space. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot of those lessons the hard way back then, where it was like, my intuition was like, mm, maybe this isn't a fit for you, or maybe this isn't the right, whatever. And 
And I learned those lessons a long time ago. I've learned them a lot of times over the years where it's like, if you don't pay attention to that, you typically are going to have a situation where it's not a match and you're going to fail that person on some level, or you're just not, it's not going to be a productive experience for them. And, And I wish more people would do that because I actually occasionally will get contacted by somebody who had a difficult experience and didn't get the care and the support they needed Mm. with working with somebody else. And a friend of theirs will be like, yeah, my buddy or my friend just, you know, did this thing with the shaman or whatever. And they're really having a hard time. They're not like, it wasn't a great experience and all these other things. And I just like, yeah, have them reach out to me. If I can give them support to help turn this into something productive so that they don't walk away from that experience traumatized, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, because there is there is an ethics to working in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also I've been a massage therapist for over a decade, and so I have to I you know legally there's laws and ethics that you have to follow. And so thankfully having that, I bring that into that space yeah. as well, where I'm like, yeah. there's this honor and caution. Yeah, I think. Well, I and would I, I would definitely feel quite safe to journey with. You. <laughs> um, I also just. Like anytime, anytime I can have psychedelics. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll see you there. Okay. All right. So how can people work with you? Where are you at in the country? I am in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Um, which is really like a, there's a growing wellness community here, which mm-hmm. is, it's really cool um, to watch it happen and to connect with those people. Um, and then uh, I actually work virtually with people, you know, not in the plant medicine space necessarily, but work virtually with people with the other coaching and facilitating mm-hmm. that I do. So people go to my website, joyshaw.com, awesome. super easy. Um, yeah. And I do, you know, Zoom calls with people who live far away and Pretty much however I can, if I have a tool to support you with and you resonate with me, then let's do it. Amazing. I'll put all of your your website and your Instagram and whatever else that you want so we can connect after and so people can, can get in touch and see also all the other things that you do. I know there's some things with like intimacy and other healing. So everyone, I encourage you to check it out if you are inspired by this conversation like I was. Joy, thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to speak with you and hear your story. Thank you so much for having me, letting me talk about it. Of course. (laughs) And for everyone, as always, trip on this.